One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're gonna rock around the clock tonight. Put your strap bags on. Join me, hot. My name is Dan, and I want to welcome you to Rockin' All Week with you, the Happy Days Podcast, Season 2, Episode 9, or, good gravy, Episode 17, I believe, overall, overall. And in this one, we are deep, deep, deep into Season 2. This one, we are covering Cruisin', but, oh, both episodes directed by Jerry Paris in this one, Cruisin', Written by Ron Friedman from February 11, 1975, and The Howdy Doody Show. Written by Bob Brunner, February 18th, 1975. And I think, without further ado, because I can't think of anything going on here, I think we hop right into cruising. Spoiler, no Al Pacino. Yeah. Listen. Here's the story of a lovely lady who was bringing up three very lovely girls. All of them had hair of gold, like their mother, the youngest one in curls. It's the story of a man named Brady who was busy with three boys of his own. They were four men living all together, yet they were all It's a Friday evening. The guys, Richie Potsy and Ralph, are hanging out in Arnold's bathroom. Why not, as you do? If there, there's no urinal there, there's just that one stall, so it apparently doesn't get too sort of backed up. And they're checking out uh, numbers and stuff, and Bag is in there doing something or other. And they make a bet with Bag that by midnight... I keep thinking it was 11.59, but it's by midnight the next night. Like, they got all of Saturday, and by the start, 11.59 Saturday, the start of Sunday, they will be making out with some chick. And if they're not, then they have to run in their underpants through Arnold's. And the parking lot of Arnold's. And they say, you know, that this is the most busiest time of the week you know at Arnold's I guess at the end of the all the all the making out is done at Inspiration Point and stuff and we're all reconvened at Arnold's at midnight and um you know I I don't I never fully thought when I when I think of the 50s 57 58 wherever we are here um it's clearly like when you look at everything it's it's I don't know that it's autumn. I'm still not going to say it's autumn because the Christmas episode was, was so distant. But there's no sign of winter. So to me, this is... Although they don't mention school. But to me, this is spring. Maybe early summer. I don't know. There, Joni goes to a slumber party. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like school is still in session during this. But... Um, because you think they mention summery stuff, and I don't know. But uh, regardless, I'm going down these blind alleys trying to figure out when everything is happening. You know, these 
we'll talk about Confidential Magazine in, in, in a moment and, and the dead end I, I went on there uh, looking at covers for about 10 minutes. Yeah, so so uh, Richie and Ralph and Potsy, so so Bag, yeah, bets them this, and all right, so we got to do this, and Ralph's got the best car, gasket is blown, well, Richie has his red convertible, awesome, turns out Mrs. C got in an accident, so they have to take Mr. C's DeSoto, his big black family car, and so they go to Eastchester to find some new gals. Eastchester is apparently, they spend a lot of time, and they keep going by Eastchester Drug Store. Eastchester Drugs, and they keep passing by these gals and cruising by these gals, and and Potsy says something stupid, and then Richie says something a little smarter, but but the gal kind of gives him the raz, and um, but in the end the gals kind of hang out with them, and but then the, the sort of the big turning point in the middle of the episode is they're hanging out with these three gals, and all of a sudden the dragons led by Dooley. Yeah, I know you you're going to start singing Tom Dooley or or whatever that Kingston Trio song is. Um hang down your head and cry. Hang down your head, Tom Dooley, poor boy, you won't die. You know that. Uh, what was that? 56 I don't I don't think they call him Dooley. I don't think you're not a it's not a tough guy name. But that apparently these gals are the Dragon's gals and there's going to be a problem. I'm going to end my description there. I'll just add that the Fonz joins in and drag racing is involved near the ball bearing plant. And let's let's talk about the episode. I think it's a fantastic episode. I think it's an episode that captures the uh, sort of American graffiti spirit really nicely. It's just three teen guys. Where the hell is Gloria? Sorry, pardon my French. Just, just cruising around... And I mean, it's so obviously a back lot, but it's great. It's great. I've said this many times before, and I will say this again. You can always tell a back lot because unless they have some sort of effect to do it, um, when you see the, the end of a street is always a curve. So when you see Richie's car or Mr. C's car come around the corner and cruise past the gals the first time, it's on a curve. You know, so it's 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 it's, it's like it's all there's no it doesn't go there's no street. It doesn't go straight down. There's a curve. And then when the gals kind of tell them to hit the road and they keep driving, they drive another curve. And as they're driving that little you see another curve. So basically they're in a circle is what they're doing they're driving they're driving around a big donut which is okay which is okay something was like was it beverly hills cop too um but uh yeah yeah so so they cruise by these gals and it's it's um it's a fun episode i think ron ron friedman's um uh, script is very good uh, one of the joys of it is that it moves very quickly and it's it's we gotta we gotta meet some gals the the bet with with bag uh the cars messed up cruising meeting these gals and then and then like Potsy's taken away by one of them you know you got to help me um get in my apartment because my parents left and i don't have a key and uh then then you know they're all kind of standing around they don't know what to do uh, and then they hook up with them and then the dragons and then the fawns and then they soup up the desoto and I don't know. I, th- I think it's it's. I think it's a wonderfully written episode. It's got a lot of good jokes in it. Um, 
I would love to see it. My, my DVD looks okay. I would actually like to see it nicer because a lot of it is not on sets. A lot of it is out on the back lot with lots of extras going around in the background and stuff like that. And, and the kind of episode that at that time we wouldn't have known that, I don't think. But watching it now, hindsight, hindsight, right? Hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, uh, we we would have watched it, and I watch it now, and I think this is the kind of episode that they can't really do once the next season begins because you have to have the live audience somewhere. Uh, they they the live audience they they tied them into as many scenes as possible. Yes, they had scenes that were shot on film that were played into the audiences, but you you didn't do. I mean, seventy five percent of this episode, I would say, is is not. Eh, maybe a little, maybe 60%, maybe 70%, 71% is, is not something that could be played to uh, uh, a crowd, uh, live to a crowd. So so this is really kind of an episode that we won't see the likes of again. And the the great thing is the, the Fonz is in his leather jacket and... He clearly, you know, he clearly loves the guys, you know, um, as, you know, we, we've seen him growing, especially Richie, growing fonder of Richie. Like, there's a great moment in the end where they're, um, uh, uh, where, oh, oh, no, no, where Fonzie shows up and he wants some explanation of why they're with the Dragons girls. And, um, and he says, Richie says some long lines of, uh, Fonzie says some long lines of, okay, everyone be quiet. Uh, Cunningham, you do it because you'll keep it short. There's really a lot going on in the episode. All that restroom hanging out in the beginning. Bag. To me, the strangest moment is where, um, you know, the... the okay, I'm going to have to spoil the episode. And I, I, I know what you're thinking. Dan, we've watched the episode. You're not... There, there's nothing you're you're spoiling about it. So, so in, in the end, it turns out that... Um, and actually, I will say this. Okay. The main gal, Dragon's gal, is played by Maureen McCormick, who obviously I, I grew up with as Marsha. I always loved Marsha. I was always more of a Jan guy. Um, I, and I think the thing is, a um, little tangent, March 2014, I believe March 1st was on a Friday, and Hallmark, this is when I got back in the happy days. Uh, so Hallmark uh, was showing, I'm going to say it was... 2 to 5 and 5 to 8, Monday through Friday. 2 to 5 was Happy Days, 5 to 8 was Brady Bunch. And they did this for like 3 or 4 months. And so you would see 6 episodes of a show and they would show them in order. And um, so this was what hooked me on Happy Days again. And this was what sent me looking for the DVDs that had come out and the DVDs that hadn't come out. But Brady Bunch, I... It didn't send me looking for anything uh, Brady Bunch wise, but I've always enjoyed the Brady Bunch. I um, it's it's not it's not it's not a favorite. It's not a guilty pleasure. It's just a show when I'm in the mood, I can enjoy it. And I haven't actually been in the mood since probably March of 2014. This being November of 2019, as I'm recording this, but the moment in time. I'm sorry, I have the episode playing here, and the, the, um, this is another tangent within tangents, but the guys have just encountered the dragons with the three gals, and it actually looks like the way Jerry Paris shoots it for overhead, it looks like the three gals are leading the guys 
to the where the dragons are like they know where the dragons are and they're doing this on purpose spoiler they are doing it on purpose but march 1st uh so it was the end of that that this was when i was doing transcription and bookkeeping for delicious vinyl that was twice a week tuesday and thursday and then wednesday friday saturday i was doing transcription i did this for like three years and what happened was i remember march 1st when the brady bunch started and i finished my work for the day the first episode they showed at like five o'clock was the last one the one that robert reed said i'm not being part of because this is garbage uh i think um oliver sells him greg some hair stuff and greg's hair turns orange or something the last episode so then the next episode was the first one so by time eight o'clock hit i'd watch the first five episodes of the brady bunch and then the next and monday i started watching again and i i was also recording them because i couldn't always watch them and it was a sudden realization that wait a minute now happy days is like 250 ish episodes but is it has almost 50 percent uh brady bunch is almost 50 percent less fewer few, fewer less um uh, episodes 118 maybe and i thought wait a minute wait a minute S- six episodes a night 30 episodes a week they've already shown five that means by the end of march if they keep showing them like this they'll have shown the entire series and they did and so over the entirety of March of 2014, I watched Brady Bunch from beginning to end. It was very interesting. I don't know that I laughed a lot, but it was very interesting to watch. And I will say that um, I think it's, is it late season four, early season five, when Jan suddenly becomes hotter than Marsha? I've said this before, but it happens. But I still do love Marsha. And that was a bit of a Brady Bunch tangent, just to show you that I, I, I know my Brady Bunch. It is fun to watch Maureen McCormick with Ron Howard and, and, and Henry Winkler. And, and it's, it's fun to watch them. And she does actually, when the Fawn shows up and says more or less like what's going on, she says something like, today these guys were more interested in their hot rods than they were in us. So we decided to go out with some real men. And she puts her arms around Richie and Potsy. And that's exactly what they are doing. At the end of the episode, there's a drag race, and and, and Richie um, races um, Dooley, uh, but the Fonz, um, using his friends who, who have names like Spider and... I don't even know their names. Dingo? No, that's not right. He's, he's got a friend named Spider, and I, I, I wrote names down, but I can't quite read... Noodles. There's a Noodles, there's a Spider, and there's another guy. They soup up the DeSoto so it beats Dooley's car. But it doesn't matter to the gals because the gals were just doing that to make their guys jealous. And at the end, it's like Fonz, just like there's a moment where uh, Richie Potsy and Ralph are like, huh, what's going on? And the gals are all hugging their guys. And the Fonz kind of looks at the gals, looks at the guys, kind of takes a bit of a deep breath, nods, and is like, Okay, you guys were used. Let's get out of here. And he does point out, you did win. You you didn't get the gals, but you did win the race. They don't particularly care about that because they end up having to run in their underpants through Arnold's. But then Bag turns out, he, he didn't end up with his gal, like Marianne McCarthy or something. He didn't end up with her either. So they end up with like him and his boxers. They're carrying him through the um, Arnold's. And that was actually a strange moment because I thought... Ooh, I don't know that I'd want to carry bag 
on my arms uh, uh, and shoulders um, when he's just wearing his boxers. Have him wash his feet. I'm sorry, that's a little. But that that was that was a moment. Was like, well, I applaud them for keeping Bag in. You know, Bag was never that interesting. Gloria seemed a bit fascinating, uh, but we never learned more about her. And of course, Chuck. Chuck is um, gone, and and Richie does use both beds, single beds, in the room he would have shared with Chuck in this episode at the end. Confidential Magazine began in 1952, and it was it was a it was what, it, what I, we would call or I would call a rag, like an Inquirer kind of thing. It was a gossipy kind of magazine. I can't quite tell what issue there the gals the gals are hanging out in front these three gals including Marsha are hanging out in front of the the East Chester drugs and and they're reading this this magazine and it's it's um, a black and white photo looks like a white guy with glasses and it and I could not read try as I might what the it, there were three big words on the cover the first two, I think, were this person's name. The last one was Secret. So it was someone, someone's secret. I could not, for the life of me, figure out whose secret it was. When I actually went and looked at Confidential, which ran from 52 to 78, which was published, I'm sorry, from 52 to... I treated it like a TV show. It was published from 52 to 78. I couldn't... Uh, I went through a whole bunch of issues, and I was like, I don't see this issue. I don't see this issue. And then I started to get discouraged, and I wound up back here. It's definitely a 50s issue. When from the 50s, I'm not sure. It is on the newsstand, which means that if I can find that cover, then that means, boom, that's... It was bi-monthly, I believe. It would have been bi-monthly. So, because um, it was quarterly for like 52 to 53, then it was bi-monthly from 53, 54 to 78. So, so we, we could... If I can find that cover on some sort of cover gallery online, maybe... I can date this episode to within like two months because that was on the newsstand. I spent about 10 minutes looking through covers and got discouraged and decided to talk to you instead of looking at more covers of Confidential. What else is happening in this episode? Um, Yeah, the Fonz is great in it um, because, uh, you know, like Dooley gives him some grief, but he's never, like the Fonz is always... um, I think East Chester is not his... East Chester is definitely not his turf, so, so he he he's just got a line of sass at the dragons, but he doesn't um, fully like cause them grief. He just makes them lose the the drag race, and then they all get the heck out of there. So I like I like that when you see the Fonz like sticking up for the guys because the guys are going to do their best, but they can't um, they can't deal with these 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 dragons these i don't know whatever the heck these guys are and i I don't think they go back to east chester in the run of the show as far as i know and you know the yeah the episode ends with you know three gals making out with their three guys and and you know richie potsing around for under underpants through arnold's you know i guess we're learning a lesson and then mr c um not realizing that his DeSoto has been souped up drives it into the garage not realizing the moment he hits the gas it sounds like he goes through the back of the garage. I love this episode because we have had continuity in this season. It's been strange. It's been odd. We've jumped all over the place. But I love the fact that they're just in bits like, like this where, you know, in the course of a couple hours, 
uh, Fonzie soups up the DeSoto so it it runs faster than like a drag racing car does. And then Mr. C apparently runs the car through the back of the garage. You know, and, and previously he had trouble with the garage door. Did I mention the garage door trouble in the in the um uh not the not making of a president? Ah, well, I hope I did. Um that was a strange that last episode. I, I I hope you all enjoyed that last episode. That was a bit of a I was in a room that I'll never be in again for three days and I had to do something. So um, I wonder if this is the last episode with Bag in it. I don't know. I, I feel like this this might be, although uh, there could be more. This isn't Jerry Paris. Um, other folks still have some episodes to direct. So uh, this is not, uh, as far as I know, this is not the last episode with um, with Bag in it. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. What else have we got going on here? Uh, yeah, Joni comes home from the uh, slumber party because she was falling asleep. And it's funny because, as, as I've said, as everything else is growing up, like that moment when she shows up is like, oh, I was falling asleep. It's like, clearly, Joni is growing in leaps and bounds. <laughs> so so she's like, you know, she is um, belying the fact that we're jumping around in time by the fact that she's going forward in time. So... Uh, yeah, I, I I really love this episode. I th- I think it's a lot of fun. I I am, you know, at the at the end of it, it's like you guys have been used, and th- this being this time period, most shows would have treated this as like a lesson. Oh, especially if this was a little later in the seventies, eighties. Um, geez, could this be? Happy Days portending the sort of lessons, or we're learning something in this episode. But really, what what is there to learn? In, in this episode, you know, what, what is there, you know, we went cruising in a town we normally don't go cruising in and three gals kind of used us to, to get back at their boyfriends for not taking them out. You know, there, you, there you have it. There you go. I don't know that that's a lesson. I don't know that that's a lesson that Michael Lembeck was doing. I don't know that it's a lesson that will apply anywhere else. But I suppose it's a lesson that you could use, like, um, I, you know, like I have things happen where, like, I'll I'll do something and I'll do something and I'll do something, and then one day something I expect to have happen. What's an example? Oof. I can't think of an example right now. But it's like a car. When you first get a car and and you have the car and the car is going and you start the car in the morning and the car is always going, then one day you start the car and you go out and the car stalls or the car doesn't start or you're in a parking lot somewhere and the car doesn't start and you're able to get it fixed and you're able to you know go on with your life and the car starts again. But in the back of your mind, and this could be just me, in the back of your mind you have the thought, it happened once. It can happen again. So I think that's that's sort of the lesson to learn is that when you go out cruising for chicks, you know they might they might use you to get back at their boyfriends. It ha- if it happened once, it can happen twice. Be careful, or it'll happen thrice. Yeah, I I th- I think I, I think I'm done talking about this episode. I know I I, I feel like I should go into it a little bit more. But it's just great. It's fun to watch the three guys together trying to do their thing, trying to cruise and just kind of failing. And they, they keep going in circles, cruising. By. I mean, I remember signs, you know, if you pass this point more than once in 20 minutes, you're cruising. That's illegal. 
And so I'm glad that um, cruising wasn't such a problem when you're on the back lot of wherever they are. It's nice to see Marie McCormick. And it's great to have the Fonz in this kind of calling up his friends and helping out. And, um, you know, it, it's funny because he does... He he does sort of it's it, it, he does sort of say they they ask him at the beginning hey Fonz you want to go cruising with us on Saturday and he's like no way man you know you know if you're you're gonna end up with a couple of junior chipmunks or something like that but it's interesting that the Fonz sort of shows up when the guys are in trouble and then helps them out and spends his Saturday evening helping them out going into sort of going into Shelbyville as it were and helping them out and I I kind of like that because although it's it's casually done that's the Fonz really kind of I think caring for Richie and 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 by proxy his friends that is a Saturday night where he should be with a half a dozen gals at Inspiration Point having a great time but he knows something might be going on so he helps um, Richie and and friends and it's never really mentioned it just sort of happens and then it's over and it isn't until it isn't until you think about it you're like huh this is a Saturday night this is like a Saturday night possibly is right shouldn't the Fonz be maybe the Fonz didn't have a date I can't imagine that the Fonz didn't have a date I mean I can't imagine like if the Fonz joined in the in the thing in the bed he'd be running through his uh, uh, the parking lot his underpants that would never happen uh but yeah it's it's interesting that yeah the Fonz uh, you know because I will say the Fonz characters as the show goes along goes to some weird and wonderful places and this is kind of one where he's very much like he just seems to be there when the guys need him and he's literally there like all night for them to help them out, which I think is super freaking cool. And, you know, when people complain about the Fonz later on and becoming too crazy, heroic, nutty, jumping the sharky, he does, that's what he does in this. That's what he does in this. The guys get in trouble in, in another part of town, and suddenly he's there. And he's there to save them, and he does save them. You know, even though, you know, they don't get the gals, they win the race, you know, so. Yeah, I like this episode quite a bit. Let, <laughs> I, I could talk about it more, but I, I think now is the time to stop. I do like Mrs. C makes Richie his favorite breakfast is blueberry pancakes. He found his thrill with a bunch of blueberry pancakes. Mrs. Mr. C's favorite breakfast is omelet. And that's a very fun scene where he discovers the, the car is is busted. And you're not, you're not gonna punk out on me. I think the bag says that. So that is cruising. An episode I, I quite I quite like. I think it's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. And let us see what is next. It is the Howdy Doody show. Let's listen to this. Ooh, it's Howdy Doody time. It's Howdy Doody time. Us with and Howdy do. Say Howdy Doody to you. Let's give a rousing cheer. Us Howdy Doody's here. It's time to start the show. So kids, let's go. It's Howdy Doody time. The Howdy Doody Show. Originally aired February 18th, 1975. Written by Bob Bruner, who's also a story consultant, who also acts, apparently, as far as I can tell, in the episode. We'll talk about that in a bit. And directed by Jerry 
Paris. Uh, this episode uh, is the first one, pardon my clicking of a DVD case, uh, this episode is the first one where we learn about Richie's future plans. And that is that he wants to be a journalist. And that, we, we can talk about how that uh, uh, sort of gets carried through, which I think is really cool. But that'll be a little later. So he, uh, the... Um, the the editor of the of the paper, uh, Mark Summers, not the guy who hosted Double Dare in the second half of the '80s, or Extreme Double Dare, or Family Double Dare, or Double Double Dare, Quadruple Dare. Um, Mark Summers, who looks much older than all the other uh, uh, high school guys, uh, is uh, is basically I guess he berates Potsy and Richie all the time, and Richie has to come up with a good story, big story, else he's off the paper. And you learn that uh, Richie pantsed Mark, or de-pantsed Mark, back in the sixth grade. So that's why, um, I, that's why, that's why Mark uh, has it out for Richie. I remember, what was it like, fourth grade? Jimmy Passero was at St. Margaret Mary's School. He was on like a jungle gym or something, and he was he was hanging from it. And Kelly Wunsch ran up and pulled his pants down, and he was hanging there with his underwear in front of everyone. And for the next like three years, I was afraid to wear shorts. Because I was afraid someone would pull them down. Eventually, I got over it, and I I would wear shorts, but I'd have like belt a belt with the shorts, so no one would pants me. But yes, getting pantsed or deep pantsed was a fear, not only in the late fifties, but in the early eighties, early mid eighties, early ish eighties, early mid early eighties. Howdy Doody Show is coming to town. Howdy Doody Show ran from forty seven to sixty. Joni is going there to give Howdy the Junior Chipmunk of the Year award or something like that. And so um, Richie's going to go in and interview Howdy Doody and then realizes, wait a minute, even better, let me get a picture of Clarabelle the Clown because no one's ever seen him outside of his makeup, although possibly he might look like Captain Kangaroo at one point. So, uh, well, they try to do that once, but it fails because Potsy ends up getting a picture of Clarabelle with makeup on but pants off. And so Richie enters a Howdy Doody lookalike contest so he can get in there and get the picture and he gets the picture and, oh, the scandal. I'll stop talking about this right there. But let, let me just say that um, it, it's, this was an episode kind of like the Spike and Joni episode that I remember being in my mind mostly the date, uh, lots of Spike. But that, like I've said, and I, I think I've said this with several other episodes, um, there's, there's not a lot of Spike really in the episode and it's it's mostly sort of like setting up the date and then trying to find them in the second half of the episode which i quite enjoyed i remember this one being he takes the picture of clarabelle and it becomes um scandalous it's it's funny that when richie gets a very obvious picture of clarabelle's face that is followed up but when potsy somehow intrudes upon clarabelle with no pants on which they kind of intimate he's got nothing on under the pants. Because like when Fonzie looks at it, he says something like, it, does your your high school paper have a centerfold? Um, but, but maybe he's got underpants on. I don't know. But it's funny that like that picture they didn't come after. You know, it's like, eh, you know what? You still got your makeup on. Who cares if you're flailing in the breeze? But you know, Maybe not just in the underpants, clown underpants. You know, but the actual, but we'll get into it. But the actual, like, makeup off um, is something. 
Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, so I sat down and watched this episode and I was like, mm, I'm, I'm semi iffy on the episode because I'm, I'm not a Howdy Doody fan. I am not, um, I'm not a big fan of those sorts of, um, uh, uh, Saturday morning, uh, Saturday morning, jeez, I'm sorry, that makes me sound like an ignorant fool, uh, morning shows, just like weekday morning shows, that kind of thing. I, uh, and I know what you're saying, Dan, well, you know, you're not, uh, that, that was, like, Howdy Doody was very much a baby boomery kind of thing, and you're Gen X, and you like your things to be a little darker, and moodier, and, and more slacker, you prefer more slacker, sort of, slacker duty, you know, uh, grungy duty or something. We're gonna go, go. We're going to grungy dutyville. Um, no, I, I think I think I'm actually pretty good at being able to acclimate myself to time periods. Uh, hell, pardon me, but my favorite book is the Life and Opinions of Tristram Shandy, gentleman, written in the 1760s, 1770s, um, or 1750s, 1760s. And I can, I was, I'll be honest, I was not alive at that time. Spoiler, uh, and and but I can get into that just fine. You know, and, you know, I love silent movies and I love the, the comedies, the comedies of the, 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 the comedy, silent comedies of the late teens to the late thirties are probably my favorite continuous run of comedies. And I love radio shows, uh, old time radio, thirties, forties, fifties, um, Vic and Sade, which is very much a thirties, early forty, first half of the 32, 44, first half of the forties show is one of my favorite things. I think, I think that the good stuff is, um, is universal, but there are some things that are rooted so much in their time that it takes a lot of work to get to it to sort of uh get yourself to a point where you can listen to it and go hey i get i get this this makes sense um i'm trying to think of something off the top of my head not silent uh comedies because i think like the first silent comedy i remember watching was buster keaton's seven chances and the that's in like 55 56 minutes long the first 20 minutes or so are slow but funny but then the moment he gets in that church and the bride show up it becomes crazy and i was with it 100 percent um let me think i don't know i guess you could go to jazz with sort of long long songs with long solos or even like progressive rock as bad as that moniker might be, you know, of the, of the, of the 70s, you know, where if you're used to, as I was growing up to like, you know, three minute long songs, basically lots of three minute long pop songs to sit down with songs that are seven, eight, 10, 18, 20, 22, 23 minutes long. It, it's a bit weird, but you can sort of, um, well, music's, music's a little easier, I think, um, just because the instruments are generally sort of universal apart from maybe like goofy electronic drums of the 1980s um but uh yeah it's sort, sort of music there and um how, how about this maybe maybe something like uh serials of like the i'm not gonna go back to perils of pauline although i do enjoy that but serials of like the 30s 40s into the 50s there's a very specific way they tell their stories which can be very i think off-putting to people nowadays but if you can get into them they're awesome but it takes the right point to get into it i remember i think i, I well perils of pauline i saw in whatever version the original version with pearl white that exists i, I saw back in like 1997 on video and over the course of like maybe 
15 years. Every year or two, I tried a cereal and it didn't. I, I cereal, not like a cereal, like a breakfast cereal. That's much easier. Uh, like a cereal, and and they didn't. Uh, they they just wouldn't take. It was actually the Daredevils of the Red Circle, and then the Adventures of Captain Marvel that grabbed me and pulled me in. And now I'm on board. Now I can see what the others did um, uh, that I couldn't get into. Uh, so f- like fifties, like like children's shows, like morning shows. Um, I really have a tough time with them. They they seem so e- even like when you go in like the sixties, like with Bozo. I used to have a set of Bozo stuff. Like is it from Chicago? Like forty episodes of Bozo, and I I think part of it is you have to watch a bunch of them because I remember watching the first couple Bozos, thinking this ain't very good at all. But then when you catch the rhythm and you catch the feel of the show and you see the way it's set up and the way it presents itself and remembering that it's for kids and you want to get this sort of rhythm that the kids can get caught up in where they're like, okay, this will happen and then that will happen and then that will happen. It'll be slightly different each time, but it'll be slightly familiar at the same time too. When you can catch that groove, it's awesome. And I I remember, I don't have the Bozo set anymore. I had to trade it away. I know what you're thinking. Dan, you traded away that super hot Bozo set. I'd love to pick it up again. I thought it was fun. But uh, eventually I got into it. And it was awesome. Howdy Doody, I've seen three or four episodes of. I fade pretty quick on Howdy Doody. But Howdy Doody began at 47. Went to 60. It's Buffalo Bob. And uh, Howdy Doody, Howdy Doody is, of course, a puppet. You know this. If you're listening, you, you know what Howdy Doody is, I think. And this this is uh, this is Clarabelle the Clown uh, related. Clarabelle the Clown was always confused me because Clarabelle the Clown always looked like, to me, if the, the point where, like, Oliver Hardy, the point where Ollie finally went crazy... And like would suddenly break into Stan's house after so much getting falling down and getting hit with things and getting hurt and getting smashed with pianos and things like that. He suddenly just goes nuts, puts like a top knot on his head, does something crazy with his hair, puts a top knot on his head, dresses as a clown and like goes after um, Stan to kill him. Or something like that. You know, that that's to me what Clarabelle seems to be. I'm confused by Clarabelle and the fact that he's called Clarabelle. Hey, let's you know. I I just um, I just I I don't I don't know. So so Clarabelle the clown always confused me. And uh, like I said, this episode is mostly Clarabelle. Uh, well, it's not mostly. Like I said, the, the they actually don't get the picture of Clarabelle until super late into the episode. It's kind of like just a final big scene where Richie. It spread so quickly that he got a picture of Clarabelle that, that Life magazine wants to buy the picture. And then Buffalo Bob and, and Clarabelle show up and convince him to tear it up because it'll ruin Clarabelle if, if everyone just sees that he's a regular looking guy. In fact, if he looks like the guy who wrote the episode of this show. And that's spoiler, that's the end of it. Um, and the the this is the Clarabelle real quick when it's I believe uh, when it started it was Bob Keeshan who became Captain Kangaroo so I guess that's if you want to imagine what Clarabelle looks like think of Captain Kangaroo uh, then it was uh, Robert Nicholson or Nick Nicholson was the second one and then Lou Anderson was the one who played Clarabelle from 1954 to 1960 who would have been the one who played uh, Clarabelle. Uh, who who would who had technically been the one who would have played Clarabelle in this episode, but but wasn't, and then there was a new Howdy Doody show that premiered like a year and a half after this. I mean that's the thing, sort of. Um, 
Howdy Doody was such a 50s thing. And um, and obviously the guys are all crazy about it. Uh, um, uh, it's, the Fonz is the only one who's like, Howdy Doody. Because we'll learn later that the Fonz's favorite is the Lone Ranger, who is mentioned in this. You know, you don't, um, uh, you know, uh, Clarabelle without the makeup is just random guy lone ranger without the mask is a random guy and then marion miss c says like tarzan without his loincloth it's just a random guy oh no so so yeah so it's actually bob bruner i believe the writer who plays clarabelle in this episode which is fun um and, and it's interesting too because in a year and a half the show how do you do will return and the guy who played uh clarabelle uh last uh, Lou Anderson uh, will return for like that show, which goes for a year and a half, two years. Um, it was funny. It was one of those things where they were excited about the um, uh, people got excited about how to do it again because of the nostalgia and everything, but not quite excited enough to want the show back for much more. I will say, I just want to say this real quick because I'm going to forget, and I've got several references I want to bring up. But there, there's a scene where they're trying to get Ralph to participate in a Howdy Doody lookalike contest. And they're in the men's room and Arnold, look at, the, look at the drawing on the window in the men's room behind like the Fonz. Is that not Clarabelle? Did someone not draw like, the, like Clarabelle like peeping into the men's room? Now that I've just said that, that sounds a little dirty. And I, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but that's, isn't that Clarabelle? You know, I don't know. And I just, class of 55 rules. I actually have it playing right here. And Ralph, Ralph has an interesting scene where um, he, uh, they, they tr because he has red hair, they try to dress him up like um, uh, Howdy Doody, but he won't do it. So Richie ends up doing this Howdy Doody lookalike contest to try to get another picture of Clarabelle after Potsy's no pants Clarabelle picture. And there's this weird moment where like Ralph is sitting at that booth that they always sit at. And there's a lot of fourth wall in this but there's also a lot of the camera like creeping around on the edge where there's clearly no fourth wall i'm not going to go nuts into that because you know there is a fourth wall and uh, we do see the fourth wall so they do bring in the fourth wall they're still trying to establish that there is a wall there because that's pretty much going to end when we get to the third season if i'm remembering correctly yeah, they're trying to get Ralph, to, and Ralph has this this thing where he's like, "Daddy, Daddy, Daddy, what what does it mean uh, to be a werewolf? Shut up and comb your beard, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Why do I have these long teeth? Shut up and drink your blood, or something like that." And and like Ralph is going on this this riff of monster related riffs. Let me stop and just tell you what I think. Uh, what I think of this episode, I think it's a joy. I think it's a super joy. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's very silly. I think there's so much going on, which I love. I think there's some good laughs, and you can see some of the some of the gags are have a feel of um, anticipating um, the sitcomery that that would come up, and some of them um, have the have the feel of the way the show used to be, like um, Joni and Mrs. C freezing in front of the camera. Or the great moment where, oh, Richie, why are you so happy? Hey, everyone, why are you so happy, Richie? Oh, he probably went out with Fast Alice, Joni says. All the boys look like that when they've gone out with Fast Alice. Richard, I don't think you should go out with this Fast Alice. And I thought, that seems very racy to me. <laughs> fast Alice? I don't know what fast meant in the context of, I'm going to say this is late 58. Um, but 
Yeah, that's 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 it's and but that's very much first season Joni to me. Um and Joni as a junior chipmunk and she goes out there and and she she presents the award and it's some um, I like I like the uh, I like the episode quite a bit. I think it's very funny. I think it moves very quickly. Um, and so I'm, I'd like to go into some references they make in it, and I'd like to go into now. I already discussed the Howdy Doody show, and the thing about this, of course, is that this is this came out in '75, a year and a half before the new Howdy Doody show, about 15 years after Howdy Doody ended, and is set around '58-ish or so. Uh, which is when Howdy Doody was nearing at the end of its run, but it was still, you know, it still had like two years or so left. And and the, the interesting thing, of course, is that if it was meant to be set in 75, then Buffalo Bob, like Clara Bell looks the same, Howdy Doody looks the same. But Buffalo Bob obviously looks much older. And I'm sorry, I'm bringing up Doctor Who again, but it's one of those things like, and I'm not, not, I'm not, I, not like William Hartnell um, in in Three Doctors because that was a different sort of thing. Not specifically like the Five Doctors, but like the Two Doctors, where Patrick Troughton shows up and is clearly much older than he was as the Doctor. Or Time Crash, the the um, sort of linking funds uh, children in need sketch, which is now which is canon as far as I'm concerned, in between Last of the Time Lords and. Voyage of the Damned, where you have uh, the fifth Doctor showing up, and he's clearly a bit more portly. He was very—he was a thin young gentleman. Now he's older and portly, and I'd like to think that it's something time-related is going on. In I've—I've I've said before. I think I said, but you know, I said before that I think the Fonz is the Doctor in her last incarnation, and just kind of settling in and just having this cool life which I really like the concept of. And I like the thought that maybe because the Fonz is there, there's some sort of time thing going on. It's like Time Crash, where the 10th Doctor points out that the 5th Doctor can't quite fit into his coat anymore, and he looks older, and it's something to do with like the time differential shorting out or something like that. So I'm going to say the reason why Buffalo Bob is supposed to be in 58, but he looks the way he does when he's on the sh- uh, new How to Do show in 76 means a time differential got shorted somewhere and I don't know that's that's my thing so I want to go into a few references because this one kind of goes out of its way um not only howdy doody uh and like I said howdy doody is 47 to 60 so it's not doing anything there you know it mentions uh Arthur Godfrey at one point and that's in the 50s that's not tremendously helpful because at the end of the 40s start of the 50s he was as big as Milton Berle and then like Lucy uh, for a while so everyone you know knew who Arthur Godfrey was so that that's not helpful um, but there, there are a few other uh, references that I want to bring up and I'm going to I'm actually going to be looking at my Kindle real quick right here to to spot the references uh, just because I want I thought it's better to have them um, uh, here than just me randomly saying what I could remember before I mention that, though, do you think that the taking a picture of Clarabelle has happened before? Because Buffalo Bob and Clarabelle have such a sort of routine they go into when they arrive at the Cunningham's place. 
do you think this has happened before and they've convinced people before and they're just doing it again? Or do you think this is truly the first time this has happened? I, I, I don't actually know looking it up if there was a thing about Clarabelle not being seen or, or something like that. Oh, yeah, no, many attempts were made to find out the real face behind Clarabelle. Yeah, okay. Well, that's that's fun. That's fun that they, they do that because that's that's I, I like that. That's like okay. Let me let me say this before I, before I go on uh, the, the journalism thing. The fun thing here is that it it brings up that Richie's like I want to get into journalism. You know, selling this photo to Life Magazine could get me into a good college. And at this time in a show like this, you think okay, whatever. We're not going to hear about this again. You know, it it doesn't happen a lot. Um. The thing I like about it here is that obviously they do pick up on that if you know the show, and it was I was I was say I was gonna I was gonna think of I'm not gonna bring up Doctor Who again, but Doctor Who did do this like with say like and forgive me, uh, but like Attack of the Cybermen following Tenth Planet. I know I'm sorry, but but I was actually gonna bring up a show like Star Trek: The Next Generation, which in its first few seasons was very very much of its time, you know, in the, in the mid-ish '80s where um, you didn't have much continuity. Occasionally you did. Like a character would come back and you'd be like, hey, you know, like say the Rocker Files, Rita Moreno's character um, in that one appearing a few times. It's like awesome, you know, or Lusty, Lusty Weathers in Bourbon Street Beat. You know, like, oh my gosh, she's back. You don't expect them to come back. So it's awesome. But but the journalism thing is actually like a thread. It builds through his life. The writer thing builds through his life and his time on the show. And in fact, when we when we last see Richie properly, in passages we see him briefly come in. But when we last get a Richie storyline, it's based around his writing, which is cool, 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 cool. And I was going to say Star Trek Next Gen because the first few seasons of that just throw up all these different stories and ideas and you never expect them to come back. But if you watch the show, and I did this through 2018 from beginning to end, you will see... Like, you'll get to season five, and it'll be like, this character returns. You're like, wait a minute, when was that character from? Oh my gosh, that character was from season two. I never thought that character would come back. But I'm glad that character did, because it wasn't that well. Or this concept came back, or this happened here, or the reference. Look look at all good things, you know, goes way back into the show to to bring the show to the end. So So that's... I'm not. I'm not saying that 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 Happy Days is um, is uh, is uh, is uh, is on the vanguard of that. No, 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 no. Not a show that I did in 1984. But there is something fun about in this. Suddenly, out of nowhere, Richie loves journalism, and so you would think watching the show in the next episode, we won't hear about this, and we'll never hear about it again. But they bring it back, which is awesome. So let me. I mean, I'll just leave it at that because we're going to talk more about Richie and his journalism. You remember, what is it? Um, is it the Fonz and Liver? I forget what it is. And and he ends up working at a newspaper. Ah, spoilers. And there is something to, and I know this is, a, this. these aren't tangents. These are points I'm remembering before I get on to these um, uh, uh, little mentions and then, and then we wrap up the episode. But I like the fact that the thing is, I love I love the I love the the beauty of the thought that it's we know it's artifice. Please don't please don't show us that it's artifice. Is that is that is that is that the right way to describe it? I don't quite know, but it's like, you know, we know when I'm watching 
this episode here. I know this Howdy Doody episode that Joni goes on and you see the peanut gallery and everything. I know these are a bunch of kids from the 70s. I know within the fakeness, like as I'm looking at the cameraman, looking through the camera lens, I know it's all artifice. I know it's all, all fake. But don't, um, you don't call me. And I like the the beauty of the the uh, artifice of that. Clarabelle is a clown in makeup. It's some random guy. I don't want to know who it is. Don't don't make me know who. Don't. I guess that's what it. Don't make me know who it is. And the the fact that Richie is so gung ho about it. it well, he's gung ho about it because of the. This guy, he pantsed, or de-pantsed. But then when he actually thinks about it, he's like, no, this will not stand. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, 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 I talked more about this episode than I thought I would. Okay, I thought I, I thought I'd talk more about cruising, to be honest. But I actually should have known, by this point in the podcast, that I'd talk more about this. So let me just do a few things real quick. Uh, Jerry Lester, uh, uh, when Ralph is doing his shtick, he says, I'm as hot as Jerry Lester. Jerry Lester was a comedian, um, a singer, performer. He was on radio, TV, the stage. He was the host of the first late-night television program on a network on NBC called Broadway Open House, which ran from May 29, 1950 to August 24, 1951. And apparently led later on to the development of The Tonight Show. It was a yeah, late-night comedy variety series. And if you look up a picture of Jerry Lester, I think you can see exactly what sort of comedy he did. And you can see Ralph emulating him. He looks very he to me he looks very vaudeville. I don't I don't know Jerry Lester from Yeah, some other guy named Lester. I don't know. I some other some other Lester. I was gonna say Jerry Lewis, but no, I know Jerry Lewis quite well. He he looks like a guy who, yeah, he got by on super shtick, I think, yeah. And, he he was there throughout the he he uh, in the fifties yeah wow he did um Broadway open house he was a pantomime quiz Saturday night dance party cavalcade of stars yeah I think he just showed up in a whole whole bunch of stuff and and Ralph apparently loves him so so there you have it you've learned about Jerry Lester oh, you've learned as much as I know about Jerry Lester Joni we've given the Junior Chipmunks Entertainer of the Year, Chipmunk of the Year, whatever. Out like she says, like six or seven times, six times this year, and last year it was Derwood Kirby. I, to be honest, I thought that was a fake name, uh, but he was on the Gary Moore Show. I don't know the Gary Moore Show from Adam, but I do know that, um, jeez, um. I'm a big Bob and Ray fan, and one of my favorite runs of Bob and Ray is their 1959 to 1960, is it the CBS show? Where they were on, was Comedy Tonight for 15 minutes? I think I probably mentioned this before. And Bob and Ray will show up. I forgot Bob and Ray are on a Happy Days episode. Oh my gosh, yeah, I should, um, yeah, yeah, well, I, I need to, yeah, that, that, that's cool, um. But but there are numerous times in the Bob and Ray show where the copies that I have of the episode ends, and as it's ending and you hear the music playing and you hear an announcer come on, he'll say, like, tomorrow night on the Gary Moore show. And I'm like, who that? 
heck is Gary Moore? And Gary Moore, I don't know, some sort of comedy variety type show. And Derwood Kirby was his guy from radio. And they used to do, he was an announcer. He was a, uh, a tel- TV host. He was, he, he co-hosted Candid Camera with Alan Funt from 61 through 66. He was on Gary Moore show in the 50s. I, I see him here in a bunch of like comedy sketches and things. Um, uh, oh my gosh. Well, of course, of course, Gary Moore show, I think is, is probably best known. Although I didn't know this until half an hour ago for more or less kind of bringing us Carol Burnett. And in, I guess the first episode of Carol Burnett show, um, uh, uh, Derwood and his wife are in the audience, which is cool. So yeah, he was kind of a goofy, I would guess also vaudevillian type thing. I mean, this is, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Mr. C has mentioned Ozzy Harriet. I, I, I'm surprised he hasn't mentioned Ward Cleaver yet, but, but when did Leave it to Beaver begin? 57, 58? So that's Derwood Kirby. He's, I don't quite know. I looked up Derwood Kirby and I looked at, and I saw him in, in pictures of doing sketches and things. Then I saw Carol Burnett. I was like, okay, he did like comedy sketches, variety that kind of thing okay but apparently he was in town and they gave him this award to be honest more so than any of the other episodes where they bring up stuff like this i almost feel like this is bob bruner possibly like meeting his childhood and going oh i love derwood kirby we'll have him get mentioned oh ralph's doing shtick here oh jerry lester and this one is the one that i'm gonna wrap up with i think and that is Richie with the camera, and it's um, uh, Patsy says something like, "Oh, you're like Charles Bronson when he gets all those pictures in Man with the Camera." Now, Charles Bronson was in a bunch of TV shows throughout the the fifties, and then obviously he um, he did movies, Great Escape, and stuff, and then of course Death Wish and Beyond, Kinjite, Forbidden Subjects. Death Wish 3. Oh, yes. Um, but he was in a show um, uh, uh, called Man with a Camera, which aired from 58 to 60. Now, when I say it aired, from, it began October 10th, 1958, ended February 8th, 1960. But the seasons were like half seasons. Uh, I'm not 100% sure why that was. It was a 30-minute show. I think it was Desi Lu production i believe it was a desilu production i could be wrong eh, maybe it was filmed at desilu studios the the yeah, it was a 30 minute show and he played like a photographer and he got involved with a bunch of junk and stuff and taking pictures and and it was literally like two half seasons sort of like project ufo was two half seasons and um because for a show from 1958 1959 uh, for a show that ran for two seasons only having like 30 or so episodes or 29 episodes um, yeah, that's, yeah, uh, Bourbon Street Beat, which I'm covering over on Adventure Super Train, ran for one season and had 39 episodes. So this was, there was something about it that maybe was special. I've watched a few episodes of Man with a Camera, I think on an Alpha Video DVD some time ago, and quite enjoyed it. Um, I always like Charles Bronson. He, he's fun. Uh, I, but, but I think he's more fun the crazier situation you put him into so like death wish three I, th- I think to me makes him a bit a bit more fun but the thing with man of the camera like i just said is it began in october uh 58 and the thing is this is all the things that are brought up in this episode can go to 58 safely and the fact that 
Patsy is like, oh, it's like uh, uh, Charles Bronson and Man with the Camera. Well, he, he probably wouldn't have said that after the first episode because the show was not a huge success. He would have said that after a few episodes. Hello? So three or four episodes into Man with the Camera, maybe Potsy was watching it, maybe some other people knew what he was talking about. I love the fact that maybe no one in that room when he mentions that knows what he's talking about. But I like that the election episode, I think, takes place over Halloween. Begins before Halloween and then goes over Halloween to election day, which was what, the 3rd or the 4th of November? I forget what I said now. But it would have had to cover Halloween. But then we actually have a Halloween episode, Haunted, which isn't the 56 episode. But can't be 55 because that comes way before all the pop culture stuff we have. So it must be 57. And I love that this one takes place around Halloween of 58. It's not quite the Doctor being the the twelfth doctor being on on earth saving the earth no he doesn't save the earth in last christmas that's the crabs he that's the crab the doctor got the crabs sorry no you know the the dream crab things uh but he does save the earth with the help of of um uh gosh i love captain uh dr mysterio i'm, I'm forgetting the the, the hero's name in it but he he does help save the um the earth there and the pilot is just him hanging around but this is i i put forward the theory and i would love if in the remaining how many do episodes do we have left six episodes of this season i think right six episodes i would love if in the last six episodes of the season we get another halloween but i'm standing by the not making of the president takes place over Halloween week to Election Day, 1956. Haunted takes place Halloween, 1957. This takes place around Halloween. No one's mentioning Halloween. I know that. But, 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 the show began October 10th. Everyone is dressed... uh, they're, they're, They're dressed... They're not dressed for winter. They're not dressed for summer. There's a fire in the fireplace. So to me, this is October, November-ish, 1958. So I love the fact that we cover three Halloweens. Am I wrong? Mm, possibly I'm wrong. But I'm the one doing the podcast. So I'm going to say possibly I'm right. So let me wrap up this. I've gone on way too long about this episode. It's it's, 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 it's a show I love meeting up with such an important show and uh, for, from that time period that I couldn't not go overboard. I barely mentioned the Fonz. And I think I barely mentioned everyone in the episode. I, I just went a little pop culturally on this one. That's going to happen, and that's probably going to happen again. Uh, but it may not happen as much after this season. I don't know. So let me just uh, say thank you, everyone, for listening. And yeah, we've got, um, I don't even know, let me look. We got uh, Get a Job. The next. So the next one is Get a Job. Click Get a Job, February 25th, 1975, and Fonzie joins the band, which is March 4th, 1975. And then we got four more after that. Fish in the Fins, Richie's Flipside, Kiss Me Sickly, and Going to Chicago. It's funny, half of those I look at when I think about them, I think, I don't really like those that much. However, 
on more than one occasion, I have quite loved A Star is Bored. I loved, yeah, that's right, yeah. Oh, Big Money, I loved. Okay, so I'm not going to I'm not gonna second guess this episode, uh, this season. I'm going to um, say that it knows what it's freaking doing, and I should shut up. So this is uh, Rockin' All Week With You, the Happy Days podcast, season two, episode... I've forgotten episode something or other. It's great. We're having a good time, and I just I'm I've got so many notes and I've got my Kindle and I've got so many things going on around. I have the episode playing. I'm lost in all of this. I hope I was able to cover these episodes uh, well enough, and and I hope you enjoyed the episode. And please um, feel free to email me at Danny Slacks D A N N Y S L A C K S at yahoo.com. Or uh, you can comment on um, uh, adventuresupertrain.blogspot.com is where I post this. Or uh, you can go on uh, uh, Danny Slacks uh, uh, one at Twitter. Or is it eSupertrain1? I forget. You could find me. You could find me. And if you can't find me for this episode, that's okay. Because I'm suddenly running out of energy. And I think we need to wrap this episode up. Oh, great Scott. It's Howdy Doody time. Can't be wrong, rocking and rolling all week long.